Why do they forget my relatives? As I go along the highways, I sign many types of different animals. And the spirit cries, I could hear the spirit of the animals wanting to be free. And they lay there. And the spirit cries, help me, I want to go home. As I look before me, they pass by and they run over them. And I cry to the Spirit, why do they not just look at the steering wheel that they are using, the very car that they are driving, the very truck? If they could just hear the Spirit wanting to teach them that very vehicle that they've just run over my relative with, the animal, was also made from Mother Earth. If they would only understand listening to your community spirit the show about caring sharing and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it let's bring back the circle again the circle of friends the circle of family the circle of being wake up yeah i too am a little drowsy (laughs) Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is your community spirit. And some people actually are participating in the your part. Yes. (laughs) It's not my community spirit. It is your community spirit. So, people are... um, Sending in pledges, sending in money for the station, and sending us happenings, which is even more exciting. But if we don't have a happening town, if we don't have a happening radio station, I don't know if I want to keep visiting this town. (laughs) Yeah, I just think all these happenings we read would not get mentioned on the air if this radio station did not exist. That's true. Like I said, I travel a lot, and there is a lot of... um, Lack of stuff on the air. So, all right, let us get to some happenings. You have any? Yes, the first one I have is the Iraq Moratorium Walkout. 
It's happening today at 11.45 a.m. on the SIUC campus. It's uh, in front of the steps of Parkinson, like that big area between Fainer and Parkinson and the parking garage. And here's a bit about it from the uh, website iraqmoratorium.org. On the third Friday of every month, starting this Friday, you can take action. The slow-motion train wreck that is the occupation of Iraq grows daily more of a nightmare. In 2006, America voted to bring it to an end, but our politicians have failed to grasp the strain on our military and the depths to which America's influence in the world has fallen. Uh, this, this Iraq moratorium will force them and our media to recognize just how angry America is and how massive the anti-war sentiment is in this country. So they're starting this Friday, and then every Friday after this, they're going to have events. And today's event is 11.45 a.m., and it's in the front steps of Parkinson on the SIU campus. So big happenings on campus today. <laughs> this is actually all over the place. I got invited. I am leaving now to go to uh, Columbia, Missouri, and I email my friends in Columbia, Missouri, what is happening this weekend? <laughs> and they're having a um, fundraiser event this evening for the exact the yeah, exact thing. Exact thing. Yeah. So. Yeah, and the website's got a list of a bunch of different activities. Like, you know, some people will wear a black armband, or you know, they they may mention on their local radio, for example, <laughs> <laughs> that this is going on. All right. My next one's Tuesday. Do you have one before Tuesday? Uh, no, I don't. Okay. Darfur event next Tuesday. You are invited. The crisis in Darfur. The role of the UN, a panel discussion presented by the United Nations Association of the United States of America, Southern Illinois chapter. The date is Tuesday, September 25th, 2007 at 7 p.m. The place, the School of Law. Notice I didn't try to say the name of the place. Uh-huh. I always mess that up. Is it Lazar? Is it Lesser? It's Lazar, I, I believe. I like saying Lesser Law Building. <laughs> I don't know why. But then it sounds like the Lesser and the Greater Law, law Building. That's why I like saying it, I guess. <laughs> no, the um, Lazar Law Building. So the School of Law, Room 102. So if, um, that sounds pretty interesting, actually. Another cool and interesting thing that I will not get a chance to see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what happens when you travel the world. Well, I call the United States the world because, you know, I'm close-minded. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, sometimes getting anywhere out of, you know, Carbondale, Southern Illinois, then you get into that big beyond called the world. <laughs> yep. So, Even if you don't see all of the world. So if you want to get news from the world, this is Your Community Spirit, the Enviro Social Talk Show, where we bring you happenings, most of them local, and news, most of them world-related, connecting Carbondale to Southern Illinois, to the bioregion, to Illinois, to the United States of America, to North America. Man, we're connected to the world. <laughs> yes. Even further, you could say the universe also. We're so, all connected. Other happenings? Yes, other happenings. Uh, there's a happening coming up next week. The kickoff event for the Forbidden Philosophy series. I think I may have talked about this on here at some point a few weeks ago. But it's this is a series of panel discussions about uh, 
sort of controversial and misunderstood philosophies in order to create public dialogue so people can learn about them. So this first one in the series is about naturism, also known as nudism. It's happening on this coming Thursday at uh, 7 p.m. at the Interfaith Center, which is 913 South Illinois in Carbondale. So there'll be more events in that series in the future, but in the meantime, Thursday at 7 p.m. is the first one. Two things that are on my calendar, they're not until October, but I keep wanting to mention them and always forgetting to. Uh, October 13th is the National Tour of Solar Homes. Um, open houses all over the well, United States and definitely all over Southern Illinois. And then the weekend after that is the Heartland Bioneers. Yes, Bioneers. More information about both of those at heartlandbioneers.org. It's still about a month away, but we're so excited it's time to start mentioning it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, part of it is um, there's this movie called, I just forgot, 11th Hour? 11th Hour, yeah. There you go. And a lot of the speakers in that movie are speakers who were at Bioneers. Yeah. So if you want to either learn more information about those speakers, you can go to Bioneers.org. Or you can contact heartlandbioneers.org to um, borrow some of the speakers themselves. Not them, <laughs> yeah. but like <laughs> some of their talks is on DVD. So yeah. it would be nice to borrow a speaker, you know. Hey, I want you to talk me into good things. <laughs> yeah. And I've actually heard that that movie, The Eleventh Hour, is coming on October 12th to Carbondale. Hey. <laughs> so you know, it's going to be just in time you know you go to the movie theater watch that movie and think oh what can i do about this issue well let's go to bioneers and find out <laughs> <laughs> all right any other happenings oh uh, yes one that i always like to mention uh, uh every thursday at 8 p.m at the interfaith center uh there's the student environmental center they have their meetings and they've got a lot of big things going on so be sure to check it out <laughs> all right um one of the one of the happenings I just recently got is the RBF Dome newsletter, and it's pretty detailed all the stuff that's been happening. Um, the Buckminster Fuller. I always. What does the R stand for? Oh, I I don't remember. Yes, yeah. everyone calls him Buckminster Fuller. Right. It's like people say R as if we own him. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the things is the dome is on the Illinois Great Places list. The American Institute of Architects, the Illinois Council, announced in March its 150 Illinois Great Places, and the RBF Dome in Carbondale is on the list. You can take a look at the company they are in at IllinoisGreatPlaces.com. So, it's pretty interesting that a lot of people aren't aware of the good things that this town has had and this I was going to say the synergy <laughs> uh, yeah. that is actually something that Buckminster Fuller came up or pushed was synergy Yeah, that this town definitely has a lot a lot of good things that just keep 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 going on and one of them is this radio station huh. so please do me a favor and well, as soon as I get off the air, give me a call. Talk to me a little bit about solar. 
But mostly, talk to me about how you want to help support this radio station and even more than that, support Treesong and I in our social commentary. <laughs> yes. Your community spirit. All right, let's get to some news. It's time for the news. Uh, I've got okay, good one. I'd like to start with this one at the top here. Uh, just because I, I like when I get to sing the titles of these. Because <laughs> they, they put these puns in based on songs. This one's called, I Fought the Thaw and the Thaw One. <laughs> extent of sea ice in Arctic sets record low and keeps on melting. The extent of sea ice in the Arctic has already hit a record low this season, the gloomiest, if not doomiest, since satellite records began in the 1970s. The world will likely have to wait a month or so for the final numbers to be released, since sea ice typically stops melting by the end of September. But researchers are already worried by the extra 380,000 square miles or so of sea ice that's melted this year beyond the record set in 2005. Quote, I'm shocked daily looking at the maps, said Marika Holland, sea ice researcher at the U.S. National Center for Atmospheric Research earlier this month. Quote, where it's going to bottom out, I wouldn't hazard a guess. And much of the ice that's left is roughly half as thick as it was in 2001, according to a recent German study. As if that's not enough, the European Space Agency has said that Arctic melting this year has also entirely opened up the fabled Northwest Passage, a shipping shortcut between the Atlantic and the Pacific Oceans that has until now been, quote, historically impassable. So, anyone up for some kayaking? Straight to the source, uh, Nature, Reuters, and the BBC News. So, the thaw won, at least for now. Who fought the thaw and the thaw won? Engineer Miss. America Corps must halt work on destructive river project in Missouri. The U.S. Army Corps of Engineers was ordered this week to cease work on a Mississippi River flood control project in Missouri that would have cut the river off from its last remaining floodplain, devastated tens of thousands of acres of wetlands, and, um, well, most importantly, not controlled flooding. Ordering the Corps <laughs> to remove any part of the project built so far and restore the area to its historic condition, U.S. District Judge James Robertson wrote that, quote, the Corps of Engineers has restored to has resorted to arbitrary and capricious reasoning, manipulating models and changing definitions where necessary to make this project seem compliant with the Clean Water Act and the National Environmental Policy Act when it is not. Whew. We feel shocked. Huh. Straight to the source, the PR Newswire. I like it how we have to make sure organizations that are supposed to be helping us actually help us. <laughs> yeah, that could exist to help us, and then we got to watchdog it and tell it. <laughs> <laughs> so, luckily, DBX, you don't have to do that. Yeah, DBX has a lot of the watchdogging for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, in other news, Sweet 16, Pope Benedict XVI lauds Montreal Protocol and the Vatican aims for carbon neutrality. The Montreal Protocol turned 20 this weekend, and you forgot to get it a gift, didn't you? <laughs> in 
As nearly 200 nations convened this week to discuss the protocol, which has been successful in spurring an international phase-out of ozone-depleting chemicals, it has been lauded by no less than no less a leader than Pope Benedict XVI, who declared on Sunday, quote, In the last two decades, thanks to an exemplary collaboration in the international community among politics, science, and economics, important results have been obtained with positive results for current and future generations. I guess the Pope is on an eco-roll, having installed solar power at the Vatican and preached the green gospel to Italy's youths. He may also soon preside over the world's first carbon-neutral state, as cardinals recently accepted a Hungarian startup's offer to offset the Vatican's emissions by planting trees. Straight to the source, the New York Times, Associated Press. Come to the dark side. <laughs> San Francisco plans Hour of Darkness for October. This would be kind of interesting. If you'll be in San Francisco between 8 and 9 p.m. on Saturday, October 12th, be sure to have a candle ready. Green Group Lights Out San Francisco is urging and encouraging residents to turn off all unnecessary lights during that hour to raise awareness of energy use. Nate Taylor, a former Google spokesperson who is spearheading the campaign, was inspired by a trip to Sydney during its annual light ex- extinguishing Earth Hour in March. That's cool. They have an annual, an annual turn off the lights. Hmm. He has printed up quote good things happen in the dark T-shirts and plans to give away 110,000 energy efficient light bulbs on the day of darkness. Just imagine. Without light pollution from houses, car lot, floodlights, movie marques, and high-rises, San Francisco's will be able to take out their telescopes and have a clear view of the fog. (laughs) Yes. Straight to the source, Los Angeles Times, San Francisco Chronicle. Good things do happen in the dark. And I actually got quote of the day. This is by Nate Taylor, again, the campaigner for Lights Out San Francisco. If we don't do something by 2050, all the polar bears will be gone. That's where Santa Claus lives, man. That's a bummer. That is a bummer. <laughs> it's like I like polar bears. It's like <laughs> So does Santa Claus. So in other news, actually climate related news. Climate risky business. Investors petition SEC to require companies to disclose their climate risk. Activists, investors, and activist investors have teamed up to try to compel the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission to require publicly traded companies to disclose their climate change risks. Under the current laws, the SEC requires companies to detail potential risks to investors in their annual and quarterly reports to the agency. The activists, armed with a petition, are seeking an interpretive release from the agency clarifying that climate risk and the risks and benefits that could come from domestic climate legislation should already be a part of the company's financial reports. Quote, This is about an investor's right to know, said a spokesperson for the California State's Attorney General. Quote, Existing SEC rules, we believe, clearly require companies to disclose the risks and benefits to their operations presented by climate change. On Friday, the Attorney General of New York State sent subpoenas to five energy companies seeking similar information about whether they properly disclosed their climate-related risks to the investors. 
Now, if only we could get businesses to care about the concerns of non-investors, too, we'd be set. Straight to the source, Reuters, the Washington Post, and the New York Times. Every once in a while, probably about once a month, I like coming out with a really good, solid tip. Well, today's tip is green your car. Wasting away in traffic, the average American will spend almost a full work week in traffic. According to a new study by the Texas Transportation Institute, the 38 hours per year the average commuter spends stuck in their car every year means 26 extra gallons of gas and $710 per person. Of course, it also means a whole week. Work week, 38 hours stuck in your car. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, commutes are also starting earlier. 15 million Americans are out the door before 6, 2.7 million more than in 2000. The commuting creep is changing the lives of tens of millions of Americans. It affects everything from the breakfast food industry to television viewership trends, from traffic signal timing to newspaper delivery time, from carpooling patterns to personal fitness routines. How much is this costing us? The average cost of driving a car alone, according to the A... um, the AAA, per mile is 52.2 cents. The average cost per mile for public transportation, according to the American Public Transportation Association, is 20.7 cents. So, again, today's tip, green your car. Cars are one of the great mixed bags of our time. They are at once wonders of engineering and a threat to life on Earth. They create convenience and comfort, and also snarl traffic in sprawling suburbs. In the U.S., about 20% of all greenhouse gas emissions come from cars and light trucks like SUVs, contributing to climate change, air pollution, and disease. If you are truly trying to lighten your environmental footprint, the first thing to do is ask if you do, in fact, need a car. If the answer is yes, there are many things you can do to make your driving life greener. One of the simplest things is relax. Do not do jackrabbit starts and stops. Mm -hmm. Just driving slower not only gives you peace of mind, but the car gets a lot better miles per gallon and it lasts longer. Do consider, if you do need a new car or truck, getting one that gets more miles per gallon. Here is a very interesting fact. If If a normal car... If your normal car gets 35 miles to the gallon and you go out and buy a car that gets 54 miles to the gallon, you will save about about 134 to 138 gallons a year. If you buy a truck that gets two more miles per gallon, you will save the same amount of gallons of gas a year. (laughs) So buying a pickup truck that even gets slightly better miles per gallon is the equivalent of get buying a car that gets a lot more miles per gallon. Yeah. I thought that was very interesting. Basically, you just sit down there and you f- figure out, you know, the average person does 15,000 miles a year and the car gets this many miles per gallon and it costs... And it was just... It was very interesting. I was just like, wait, <laughs> that makes no sense. Yeah. But then I sat down and did the numbers and I was like, really? Okay. Yeah, because wow. if the trucks burn more, then even just being slightly more efficient... 
then all that amount they're burning is going to get lower. Well, I mean, the truck still, you know, instead of burning a thousand gallons a year, burns like eight hundred gallons a year. Yeah. Versus the car, it's like you know four hundred and two seventy. Yeah. So it burns. It still burns a lot more gas, but it burns about. I mean, just a truck that gets two more miles per gallon. Yeah. Is the equivalent of a car that gets. Let's see, twenty. 28 miles per gallon better. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. One of my so. favorite green car tips, too, is to uh, be sure the tires are fully inflated. Oh, yeah. That's a real simple it's one. such a simple thing, and yet I know from riding my bicycle that when the tires are low, it gets harder. It takes more energy. It's just proper, I mean, proper maintenance, but just inflating the tires is the one of the simplest ways to do it. So, all right. Other Yes, other other news. Let's see. Uh, pick your poison. Pesticides up to no good, new research says. <laughs> oh, those pesky pesticides. Those people who do serve things like that. I mean, <laughs> it's like saying someone did a survey that said fat, fast food makes you fat. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> well, well it's funny because sometimes you do have to prove it because people won't believe it sometimes. A decrease in pesticide availability led to an associated decrease in suicide rates in Sri Lanka, researchers publishing in the International Journal of Epidemiology have concluded. In 1995 and 1998, restrictions were put into place on importation and sales of highly toxic pesticides in Sri Lanka. In 2005, the country's suicide rate was half of what it had been in 1995. Quote, Changes in the availability of a commonly used method of suicide may influence not only the method specific, but also the overall suicide rates, says researcher David Gunnell. Quote, Pesticides are readily available in most rural households in low-income countries and are commonly used by young people who impulsively poison themselves in a moment of crisis. Pesticide self-poisonings may account for over one-third of global suicides. In other news, U.S. researchers report that pesticide exposure appears to increase the risk of asthma in farmers, so be sure to eat organic already. Straight to the source, Medical Research News, Reuters, Agence France Press. And so. another chemical news, Gene Cool. Gene Cool, that's what I said. DNA testing helps settle claims of chemical exposure. Think you've been exposed to chemical... Toxic chemicals on the job? Hand over your hair. A new DNA testing technique can help verify or refute claims of workplace poisoning by exposing a healthy person's DNA to the chemical in question to see how the genes are affecting, then comparing them to the employee's DNA. Did you just... (laughs) (laughs) They have to find somebody to expose to the pollution to compare to the person who says they've been exposed to the pollution. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. That's I unfortunate. Th- yeah. It seems like nary a day goes by without someone suing their employer over chemical exposure until now. Strong evidence was often hard to come by. The new technique, while expensive, yeah, you have to pay someone to get exposed to chemicals. Uh, yeah. Has already been used in more than 20 cases in California, leading to victories for both employees and employers. It didn't say about the person who gets sprayed by the chemical. Huh. Well, hopefully they can just take the DNA and expose it in a test tube. Maybe. <laughs> it didn't say that. It doesn't clarify, but... 
I'm hoping. <laughs> yeah, maybe it just says the healthy person's DNA to the chemical in question. Okay, see? <laughs> You're smarter than me again. <laughs> All right, this has been, hopefully, an exciting and informative half hour of your community spirit. Yes, exciting, action-packed, informative. <laughs> the world is changing all around us. This is your last chance to get out and about in the nature because it's going to start getting cold and people seem to you know, ignore nature when it's cold. <laughs> My favorite time I ever went camping was in South Dakota, five foot of snow. <laughs> favorite time ever. So otherwise, definitely get out. In the next few weeks, before it gets cold, this is the best time of the year, and um, cider starts happening, pumpkins start happening, yep. nice and cool and crisp, and I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> harvest time. The equinox is coming up this weekend. So, um, please give me a call at 457-3691, that's 618 area code. <laughs> <laughs> I want I want some people to support our radio show. Yeah. So if you support the radio show and the station in general, then this gets to keep happening. Yeah. Otherwise, one day you might wake up, you turn that dial, and 91.1 is just static. And that I don't know if I could live with that thought. So <laughs> I definitely couldn't. <laughs> so help us support this radio station, 457-3691. I spend a lot of time and energy putting the radio show together and ma- trying to make sure I'm in town for the radio show. And... I'd like some people to actually send some money in to make it so that this show and this station continues to happen. Please give me a call at 457-3691. Have a good day and stay energized and get out into nature.